umgoblue.com by fans for fans since 1999 hello welcome to this edition of the umgoblue.com podcast this is phil callahan along with clint derringer and we're here to talk about michigan's victory over the penn state nittany lions by a score of 21 to 17 well clint what'd you think about that one yeah, it was white knuckling it there through uh, through the fourth quarter. You know that was a little bit of a, a bumpy ride, but I was uh, man, I was I was really fired up after that win. You know, I was I was feeling all kinds of uh, you know. It, it's great to be a you know Michigan Wolverine marching out of the place and and you know had the kids singing the victors and throwing them up in the air for our touchdown celebrations. It was a uh, it was a happy day. So. I don't know. That one hit hit a little bit different for for whatever reason, you know. But uh, I was really, really, you know, as a as a fan, it was great, you know. But thinking of, of just how hard the the players on that team and, and the new coaches, old coaches, new support staff, previous support staff, just the the amount of work that went into trying to turn the ship from last year's season to this year's season to see it pay off and to see the uh, just raw emotion when, when things go their way is uh, it's really gratifying. It's, it's fun seeing the, seeing the kids have success. You know, it's uh, it's fun to be a fan of guys like uh, Hassan Haskins and, and Aiden Hutchinson, Cade McNamara. So uh, yeah, it was, it was really, really um, just pure excitement and happiness all the way, you know, straight to the core yesterday. It was a, uh, it was a good day to be to be a Michigan fan. You know, we're fans, and I always remind myself that there will there will always be other seasons for us, right? Hopefully, right? As long as we're alive, right? But for many of the players, you know, they have a very limited window to be successful. And I always try to think about that when I'm, you know, w- when we do criticism, and, and I know you do as well, but it was, you know, I got to tell you, you know, being being there, and um, there were some eerie similarities to the Michigan State game, right? A game that Michigan kind of dominated, and then, um, boom, you know, you're losing at the end, right? And, man, it, it, it felt like deja vu, and it was so gratifying to see the team come back and just the the utter joy of the players, and I know I know the fans are happy, right? I, I know that, but the things that aren't picked up on the broadcast, just the camaraderie among the players, the excitement, the joy, the happiness, it's really something that you know as a fan when you're when you're able to go, especially to an away game because it, it's a little bit different, right? It's 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 a hostile environment and there aren't, you know, you're definitely kind of, um, uh, you're outnumbered, right? So to see, um, Michigan head into a stadium like that, that was all amped up to head into some, some, uh, interesting conditions. It was, it was frigidly cold. Okay. It was, it was really cold. And, you know, one of the things I was thinking was, you know, there was, thoughts that this might be uh, an evening game I could not imagine how miserable it would have been if if it had been a night game it was plenty cold even kicking off at noon 
but really just the the team to step up and and just to to you know dispel some of the demons after what happened against Michigan State. Um, really, really awesome to see, and um, you know, super super cool to experience. And I know many among among the fandom are super happy, and uh, it, it you know it's a good day, or it's always a great day to be a Michigan Wolverine. But it was really a great day to uh, be a Michigan Wolverine football fan. Yeah, absolutely. And and yesterday was really the first time that we saw them get off to a slow start, right? I mean, they only had six plays on offense in the first quarter, none of them being successful, you know, where, where we're tracking the mate, uh, the metrics where Penn state, do do you remember how many plays Penn state ran in the first quarter? Or did you get to see it? Uh, well, I was there. They ran quite a few, <laughs> 33, 33 plays, you know, 33 plays in the first quarter to six for Michigan. So, um, I mean, that's, a. Uh, there was one, one tidbit that was dropped on the broadcast, I don't know if you, you caught it yet, was that that was the most lopsided uh, time of possession and statistical start first quarter in any game in Division One football this year. <laughs> there's, there's been some pretty lopsided matchups. So for that to be the worst start for, for one side is uh, is really, really remarkable. And then equally, right, bouncing back and basically – doing the same thing to Penn state in the second quarter is, is almost as remarkable, right? In the second quarter, Michigan gave up 26 yards total to, to Penn state and ran 25 plays of their own for 136 yards. So really evened it up um, by, by most of the raw metrics, yards, plays, time of possession. Um, The first quarter dominated by Penn state, second quarter dominated by Michigan. And, uh, you know, that's why it was 7-6 at halftime. And then Michigan took the second-half kick, came down, scored, and then kind of set up the the fourth quarter heroics that we saw on both sides of the ball. So the the biggest thing, you you know, I say it over and over and over and again, and until somebody changes my mind, it's, it's the most important thing is that Michigan stepped up and made huge plays in the high leverage moments in that fourth quarter. Right, I mean, picking up uh, the offense after Cade McNamara was stripped, and forcing Penn State to go three and out, kick a field goal, give the ball back quickly to your offense with a, still with the chance to win. Right, and then obviously Hassan Haskins runs the ball basically out to midfield, almost literally puts the team on his back <laughs> from the twenty-five out to the fifty, and then uh, Eric All steps up. And, and, and has a 47-yard touchdown catch and run where on a, on a bad ankle, he's pulling away from corners and safeties as a you know, 6'5", 250-pound tight end. So just uh, really, really, really gratifying to see Michigan players step up in big moments because you and I have been calling for it. When, when Michigan loses, typically it's, it's where we go to first. You know, where were the, where were the big plays that uh, – which team stepped up and, and made more of those plays. And uh, the, the last thing that I really wanted to, to lead with that I was, I was trying to communicate in the lead up to this game is that they really put a cap on Jahan Dotson. You know, Jahan Dotson had nine catches, but had three fewer receiving yards than Eric All, right? He had nine catches for 61 yards. 
that's just a, an amazing job and, and, and a hat tip to first the defensive staff for the game plan, knowing that, that Jahan Dotson had to be a focus. But, man, those those kids that, that went out there in coverage playing defensive back, especially DJ Turner, you know, freshman safety, Rod Moore, got a ton of snaps yesterday. That defensive backfield and those coaches that, that have come in totally flipped the, the defensive backfield and, and the culture in that room. And, uh, you know, Mike McDonald, we've talked about a lot, but I think we kind of need to zoom in a little bit here on, on Steve Klinkscale and Ron Bellamy and talk about the coaching job that they are doing in, in that defensive backfield. Just amazing. The thing that I felt being there, and I think it did come across in the broadcast, was the defense was on the field for so long, okay? And in that first, you know, that first quarter and that first half, and, you know, I also think we need to call out conditioning because my concern watching the game is, you know, you can only be lucky and good for so long, right? And I'm like, man, these guys are going to be gassed. These guys are just going to run out of, of steam. And and every time they answered the bell. And it's interesting because, like you said, the, the it was so lopsided for the Penn State offense. And the defense held, right? So the other thing that, that was interesting watching it and again i i don't think it came across in the broadcast as well as it as it felt and and as i saw in person is that as good as the michigan defense was they were so close to being even better okay there were so many plays where um you know how many times did they force a fumble and then not get the ball back right i mean it was almost it was almost hilarious. It was, you know, we used to say, you know, the ball was on a string, right? The ball would go on the ground, but somehow Penn State would end up with it. And being there, so so there were those things that were really obvious. But there were so many times that, you know, and I think back to really early in the game, Aiden Hutchinson missed a clean, a clear run at the quarterback. I mean, it was, yeah, yeah, it it was almost hilarious. It was like, there's no way he does not miss people like that. Right. But, you know, there was another example where, uh, you know, the quarterback got away, they had him by the Jersey and he, he pulled away. There were numerous times like that where, when, you know, you're watching it and, you know, I'm, I'm watching the play in my binoculars and, and, you know, you know, the ball would get out and you would look at what happened when the ball got out and they just missed. I mean, just completely dominating. And the thing is, and that's why I I talk back to the, or I point back to the conditioning. They were going all out all game. There was never a point where, um, you know, you saw them with their, with their hands on their hips, you know, panning and, and, you know, needing to get out. So when you think about how dominant Penn state was, you really got to um, give it to the defense for, you know, taking, you know, standing tall and answering the bell every time they were needed. Yeah, I mean, to your point, there, there were four guys that played every single snap on defense. DJ Turner, Vincent Gray, Josh Ross, Brad Hawkins played all 86 or 87 snaps for, for Penn State's offense. Daxton Hill, two plays off. Aiden Hutchinson, six plays off. So... 
you're talking 80 snaps for Hutchinson, 84 for, for Hill, and 86 for, for those other three defensive back guys and Josh Ross. So your, your point about conditioning is really, really hits his home right, right at the core of, of what we're talking about. And, and on that same note, I think, uh, not that anybody who, who matters may be listening out there, but I would, uh, I would salute uh, that quarterback over there, Sean Clifford. That that kid's tough. Knowing that he's uh, got a significant injury that probably cost Penn State uh, the game against Iowa. Knowing that he's not a you know hundred percent because really nobody is in November in the Big Ten, and then just got battered by Aiden Hutchinson and David Ojabo and the rest of that defense, and uh, just kept getting up <laughs> and and kept coming back and and tucked the ball and ran. He was he was absolutely the, the, the only thing that was keeping Penn State in that game on offense. So kind of a, a salute to him. Glad that uh Michigan uh ended up coming out on top. But uh you know I wish wish that kid a lot of luck in the rest of the season of course. Um and uh really I was I was impressed at, at how tough that kid was. And I said this, you know, a few weeks back this reminded me of an old school Rock'em Sock'em Big Ten slugfest from the 70s or early 80s. And it's nice to be able to come on top, right? Um, and again, it's, you know, we talked about this after that Michigan State loss. Coach Harbaugh specifically said, listen, everything is ahead of this team. It's a four game season, right? Well, you know, they got the work done against Indiana, but again, you drop this game, and you, <laughs> you're you in a tough spot, right? So it was interesting to see this team come forward. And, and I'll tell you, as great as it was, you, know, you mentioned uh, about Hassan Haskins basically um, you know, putting the team on his back. That's exactly what I was thinking watching it. I'm like, you know, hey, guys, jump on. I got this, right? And and it was great to see him. Again, he you know ended up with over 150 yards. But – there's something really fitting and and this is you know i talked about this in the beginning there's things that you don't see right and i would encourage everyone to um who listen to this podcast to go to the website umgoblue.com and check out our gallery from the game and there were some photos post game of josh gaddis and Cade mcnamara and eric all just greeting each other and just embracing and, and enjoying the moment. And, you know, I, I'll tell you, um, I felt really great for Cade McNamara because he has been taking a ton of grief from, from fans, a ton of grief from the media. And to come up in that position at that time in the game where, um, you know, I know a lot of people were thinking, oh, great, it's Michigan State all over again. You know, another state school, another natural turf field, and oh, and again, fumbled the, another quarterback fumble, right? And it's like, oh man, I've seen this play out. I, I don't like how this movie ends. And he flipped the script. And it's one of those things, you know, I, I'm still seeing, you know, there's there's always going to be people who are going to be critical. And, um, you know, on that day, Cade McNamara was enough. And I just, you know, I tip my hat to him. And again, just an amazing thing to see, an amazing performance. 
Yeah, I mean, I said a few weeks ago that Cade McNamara is good enough at quarterback for Michigan to win all of the games that remain on the schedule, and he's he's proven that these last few weeks. He he is. He's good enough at quarterback with what he does and how he manages the offense. He's good enough to to enable Michigan to to win the games that they have remaining on their schedule. Now he has to play well, and, and there have been moments where he did not play well, especially throwing the ball, but. You know what he has done in the last four weeks has really elevated the the way that he's delivering the ball, and it's clear that he's putting in a lot of work um, outside, you know, additional work outside of practice with uh, the receivers. You know, the the timing and the rhythm is so much better now with guys like Roman Wilson, who had to miss some time, uh, Cornelius Johnson, uh, Andrell Anthony is emerging, right? Uh, Hassan Haskins. Was a uh, was a pass threat in this game, so that's that's a lot of work for the quarterback to kind of establish a, a rhythm and a rapport on the different um, the different routes and the different schemes that those guys are going to be used in the passing offense. So um, you got to give a lot of credit to that to that kid. You know, Cade McNamara. I, I like the way that Harbaugh has been talking about it the last few weeks that this team doesn't flinch. Right, that that when there's adversity. You know, they don't blink, they don't flinch, because that's that's what it felt like on that last drive after McNamara's strip sacked. Um, not much he can do, right? The the left tackle was beaten pretty cleanly, never saw the guy, and uh, and the defensive end made a great play, stripping the ball out of there. Um, just totally unflappable, comes back out, you know, didn't even look like his heart rate had, had gone up at all now that they were down and the game was on the line. You know, the first time he had it, the ball, the game was tied, where, okay, so if we don't score here, maybe we go to overtime. The second time he comes out, if he's not successful, you know, you might lose. And the look on his face never changes. You know, just goes out there, you know, leads by example and, and delivers. And and that's that's what this team needs. And you got, you know, like 25 or 30 of those guys in different roles. And it is, it's fun to watch them execute together. And it's, uh, it's fun to watch them celebrate for sure. Well, and, and that's what, you know, Cade does a really good job of being even keel. Right. And that's why I wanted to call out, um, you know, again, for, I, I really encourage people to go look at some of the photos. The guy's just so happy. And again, you feel good for him. Right. Because, again, you know, you feel good as fans, but, you know, I, I've said it before. Um, I think there's this perception among the fan base that, you know, it must be the most amazing thing to be the quarterback for the Michigan Wolverines, like big man on campus. Right. And we see the pressure that these guys are under. And again, it'll it, it it's it takes its toll. Okay. And it's, it's just nice to see someone who's put, who puts in the work, who seems like a genuine, good, a genuine, good guy, right. Be successful and, and kind of uh, enjoy it. Right. Because I don't, again, there's so much pressure and so much criticism. I, I seriously wonder um, how much enjoyment they get. Right. So to see them successful and, and, um, you know, in a hostile environment, it was great. Um, the other thing that I wanted to point out is, once again, um, 
there are holding rules for mortals, and then there are holding rules for um, Aiden Hutchinson. And I don't know what this guy needs to do um, to draw a penalty flag for, for the other team holding him. But he, but he just keeps coming and coming and coming. I mean, it's really amazing. It felt like everything was going against us in that moment. Um, you know, they got the Tud two-point, stopped us, strip sack. And, um, you know, we kind of just came together as a defense. And, um, you know, we're not going to let that uh, ruin our, our hopes in the championship. Or, uh, you know, we came together, fought that adversity, got that stop. It was crucial. He, he's going to be playing on Sundays. Enjoy watching him and David Ajobo right now because um, we're seeing something really special. Yeah, I agree. And I think the, you know, the the cynical part of me would say that the biggest thing that needs to change, we need to play a big game at home. You know, right now, this team has played their, their biggest games and, and been in the toughest spots on the road. And uh, I, I just feel like that, that changes the way that the game, uh, the game flows and, and how likely um, some officials are, are willing to call things, um, you know, that, that, most times there is a, a kind of a subconscious tendency to even things out when there's a, there's an imbalance of talent right in front of your eyes. So to let the, let the guy that's being overwhelmed cheat to a, to a certain level, but there was one big holding call late in the game where Hutchinson was held pretty egregiously and they made the call and uh, it played a big role in the game. So at least, um, you know, that, that happened and, and was called correctly. I don't think that there was anything that was all that noteworthy um, in terms of the, uh, the officiating. So um, it was, it was really, uh, it was not Michigan's best performance by any means. Right. Um, I think you have to give uh, a, a lot of respect to Penn state for still playing hard, you know, with uh, a lot of their goals have been taken off the table. You know, that was a top 10 team in the preseason and, and had just as legitimate uh, a right to, to consider themselves playoff contenders through the, you know, their 5-0 and start as well. But they, uh, they're still playing hard. And like I said, and, and those guys that are injured are still playing hard. So you got to give them a lot of credit. But I, I really thought that Michigan, on offense at least, this is the first time that they didn't seem as mentally prepared coming out of the locker room at the beginning of the game, right? That the the first two series were both handicapped right away with, with really inexplicable false start penalties, you know? So that was brutal. There were four false start penalties, I think throughout the game on the offensive line. That's something that, that has not been much of a problem before. And, and, you know, just jumped up in this game for, for whatever reason. So that's that's got to get ironed out quickly. And then there was, you know, the pass protection and some of the breakdowns. Again, you have to first credit, the you know, the other team. Penn State it has a really good pair of defensive ends as well. But, man, some of the pass blocking was really, really struggling. And I think that uh, there are more injuries along the offensive line that um, – you know those guys are are dinged up just the same as as really everybody else. So ideally, we, we find a way to give some of those guys a a little bit of extra rest, a little bit of extra recovery time, 
and uh, get those guys as healthy as possible for these last two uh, last two games. You know, the sprint to the finish here in the regular season because that was not not the best performance for um, for the big guys up front. Um, they weren't awful, certainly, but that was not their best game for the season. So let's call that the floor for this unit and then make sure that everything is, is better than that going forward because I think uh, these next two weeks there's some really high-powered offenses um, and, and Michigan's got to be ready to put some points up on the board uh, coming up here against Maryland and then obviously against the best offense in the country in Ohio State. So what's interesting to me is, and, and this has been a long-standing issue for Michigan teams, they definitely struggle in certain ways on the road. And I was thinking that when we were, you know, you mentioned those offsides penalties. And, and again, it's, you know, the practicality of it, you know, in a perfect world, you'd play more road games, right? When I say perfect world, I mean competitively, right, for the team. But financially, that's just not going to happen. Michigan is going to continue to play more home games than away games. And, um, you know, they're just going to need to deal with it. They're going to need to prepare for it. And it's interesting because I okay, so I've been to Penn State, you know, before. I've been to other away stadiums. The crowd was in it, but it wasn't a whiteout crowd. It wasn't, you know, a complete zoo. So again, and I'm saying that that yes, you have to give credit to, um, you know, the players on the field, you know, the Nittany Lions. But you know, they didn't do anything to cause those offside penalties, right? This wasn't a case where. Um, you know, uh, Michigan State got dinged for, you know, illegal signaling, right? That This wasn't one of those cases. They were really just, you know, mental mistakes, unforced errors. So, you know, if this team is going to compete with Ohio State, they're not going to have the luxury of being able to make those mistakes. Now, the good news is, is that game is going to happen, you know, in the big house, and they have a game prior to that, you know, they're going to face Maryland on the road. So, um, and, and again, you look at it, I mean, um, you know, it appears that Blake Corum is out for the season. Um, so it's great that Hassan Haskins uh, can carry the load. And, you know, hopefully, um, you know, when he was splitting time with Blake um, earlier in the season, that, uh, you know, saved some wear and tear on his body. But make no mistake, He's been getting pounded the last two games. I mean, he, you know, when he moves the pile, that takes a toll. And, you know, you just hope that he has enough in the tank to finish out the season strong. Yeah, real real quickly, I wanted to, to kind of look at how it splits uh, home and road in the Big Ten schedule this year for Michigan. Right, I was trying to think of this uh, last night, but the home games in conference this year for Michigan in order from, from earliest to latest. Home against Rutgers, Northwestern, Indiana, Ohio State, right? Those are the four uh, home games. And then they have five road games at Wisconsin, at Nebraska, at Michigan State, at Penn State, and then coming up at Maryland. So seeing the difference in performance, uh, it also lines up with the difference in, in the quality of opponents. So this team, to get through that challenge 
right? I mean, you got to play the schedule that you're you're given to get through that challenge and be nine and one right now at this point, uh, having faced your your toughest road tests and one more, you know, one more road test to come up here. You, you got to feel that they've been, you know, pretty, you know, pretty steely uh, between the ears and, and prepared to take care of business against Maryland. And we just haven't seen a home game where, you know, all the chips were on the table and there was a big, you know, big moment, right? I mean, the, the night game against Washington um, got out of hand, you know, pretty much, you know, mid of the second quarter. And, and it was a fun atmosphere and a lot of, a lot of electricity. But there was, you know, we were in the garbage time in, in the second half of that game. So when the fourth quarter there's been adversity this year. It's always come on the road because that's where the tougher opponents have been this year. So it, it's there's still a lot there that, that could feel and, and look and, and seem different um, in a couple of weeks when Michigan's playing Ohio State because they haven't been in that environment in the big house yet. And that's a, it's kind of a big advantage that, that we haven't really realized or uh, experienced yet, you know, unless you're going to count, you know, all the way back in week two against Washington. So I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited. I think there was a lot to, lot to be proud of uh, from all directions there. You know, Penn State also, was that was the first game that Michigan didn't absolutely dominate on special teams. Penn State's kicking game was really, really good. Uh, they did miss a field goal that obviously ended up, you know, being a, a, a big difference. But um, in the punt game, not much return game for, for Michigan. And uh, a lot of touchbacks on the kickoffs, like like we expected. So um, the offensive and defensive units just had to step up and make the big plays when they mattered the most, and, and they did. And, and that that success, in my mind, is is going to breed more success. Right? You're, you're just gaining confidence and gaining steam, and uh, that's that's exactly where you want to be at this point in the season. Everything in front of you. Uh, really controlling your own destiny um, in terms of, of really putting your best foot forward and seeing how things shake out uh, with uh, with Michigan State having to lose at least one more time uh, in order for Michigan to be able to win the, the Big Ten East outright. So it's going to be exciting. I think that that was, that was exactly what we needed to see. It's always encouraging to me to see the team win even when they don't have their best performance, you know, because you kind of – you really got to pick yourself up by your bootstraps and, and, and grind through it. And, and that's what I would say that Michigan did yesterday against Penn State. So not only were the players excited, and, and again, this is one of the things that um, it, it's going around on social media. Um, the team kind of did an impromptu dogpile picture on the field. So I encourage everybody to, to, to track that down. And uh, at the top of the pile in the back was Coach Harbaugh. And it's funny because during his tenure here, um, one of the things that he said, and he he goes out of his way, he'll say, you know, I'm even keel. I don't get too excited. I don't get up. I don't get, I don't get down. You know, I've seen everything before, right? And, and yet you could see how happy he was in that picture. And he even uh, uh, broke out a little enthusiasm in the post-game press conference. How about those Wolverines? <laughs> Just not good. I don't know what it is. 
Yeah, we just we were just going about it every day, you know, every day to uh, you know, have good days. Um, you know, at the beginning of the season, you know, middle of the season. Now, I mean, that's that's what we're just we're just trying to have good days, good meetings, good practices, <clears throat> and then go play the games. And uh, it's great. I love the team. I mean, it's it's, it's really a, a team in its beginning. Uh, you know, when you when you think about you know, all the uh, you know all the young players. Man, Dave was Abloff was doing uh, some stats. Or, uh, and I didn't, I didn't catch them all, but uh, the amount of guys that have had their best or their first, um, uh, whether it's games, catches, interception, forced fumble, sack, uh, yards gained, touchdown catches. You know, Roman Wilson got, got two to dates. It's, it's certainly the type of team that um, that you don't know who it's going to be. I mean – is it going to be you that makes a big play? Is it going to be you that really steps up this week? Um, and we talked about that on, on Friday, right, Roman? I mean, uh, <laughs> is it going to be you, Roman? Uh, but you, you don't know who it is. Uh, but you know, it's it's a it's the kind of ball team. You know, when you're when you're on a ball team, and you, know, you just know somebody is, and uh, and you know that uh, you're confident that it'll be you that steps up. You know, if it uh, when it's your time to do that, you know. What if it comes down to uh, you know Josh Gaddis making the making the winning call? You know what if it comes down to Mike Mike McDonald have to, having to make? Are they going to be ready? Yeah, we 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 all are really confident that they're going to be ready. You know, you know if it's Eric All who gets thrown, we 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 know what's going to happen. You know he's going to he's going to make it. These guys are just uh, um, you know they're really they've really trained for this and. Uh, and they believe in each other. They believe in their ball team. Definitely, it, you know, there's the team is amped up. And, you know, it's an exciting time, right? I know uh, there, are, there are people concerned about Ohio State. I think everybody is and should be. And you got to take care of Maryland first. But it's a good time, you know. And, and I think that's the thing that I'm kind of surprised by is – you know, right after the game, um, you know, there are, there's, you know, the Twitterverse, right, saying, well, yeah, but. I'm like, no, you know what, there's no yeah, but, okay? It's, you know, when you look back at this team, they had a bad, they had a, a, an incredibly good half, first half against Michigan State, then they had a really bad half, okay? If not for that bad half, this team would be undefeated, Right. And, you know, one loss after what we've put up with the last couple of seasons, you know, this is a good place. So I'm, I'm excited and definitely a lot of work to do. Um, a lot of people to prove wrong. A lot of um, national media to prove wrong, right? But, you know, everything's lining up for, uh, you know, the game to mean quite a bit. And, you know, all I can say is I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, and, and the last thing that I would put out there is, is, you know, kind of related to what you were just saying. I, I would encourage people to try to resist the urge to, to try to encapsulate the whole season at any given moment the, the next couple of weeks. You know, there's still two regular season games, and then we'll see what shakes out with the Big Ten championship race and, and certainly a bowl game that's going to be pretty high level 
Um, so still, still a lot, you know, to to be determined and a lot to see and to watch. So let's uh, let's actually play the games and then talk about what the twenty one season meant, and then to a greater extent, you know, even more so, let's uh, just take a deep breath on the whole Jim Harbaugh era referendum. Right? Is is this the the biggest win? Is it going to be the biggest game of his career? You know, but all that kind of stuff. That's um, that's certainly a reasonable conversation. Let's save it for after the games have been played and we know the results and we can talk about, you know, what it means in the greater context when, when we're looking for stuff to talk about in the offseason. And uh, we all miss football at that point. So right now, I think it, uh, it would be a disservice to the players and the coaches that are really putting together a heck of a year Um. I think it's a disservice to try to immediately jump to the big picture and turn what they're accomplishing in this season, you know, into a microcosm and trying to shrink it immediately so that it fits into some other large narrative, whether it's positive or negative. You know, those conversations are legit. You and I will certainly be having those conversations in a, in a couple months, but for right now, find a way to just, uh, really lean on whatever it is that you love about Michigan football and uh, find a way to tap into that and, and get as much enjoyment out of it as you can because this team is fun to watch. Uh, Ann Arbor's been fun to be in and around the last, uh, you know, throughout this season. And uh, let's let's try to put together one big push um, and, and really create uh, an amazing game atmosphere for uh, for the end of the season finale and and, and – put our best foot forward and then try to encourage our team to, you know, snap a, a ridiculous losing streak to the, to the biggest rival we've got. You know, I don't think there's anything else to say, but that, um, I, I think you put it really well, Clint. So that's going to do it for this edition of the umgoblue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with Clint Derringer. Go blue. Thank you for listening to the UMGoBlue.com podcast. All rights reserved. Search for UMGoBlue.com on iTunes. Go Blue.